Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast. And I'm thinking this one might be a little bit more on the quicker side. I will be honest, I have a ton of stuff going on with my other business. We are relaunching the site, rebranding, and we're, we're trying to make a May 1st deadline. So it's been pretty crazy. But I do genuinely love uh, to come on here and just uh, give my thoughts. And I know there we have a, a nice little loyal following building up. And that, that's, that's cool that you can talk with people that you know, you know, you're on the same wavelength, iron sharpens iron. So I wanna at least take a little bit of time and uh, get an episode out this week. But if it's a, a little shorter than possible, which is the plan, but I guess I make no promises, who knows? Maybe this, watch this one be the longest of all of them. But wanna just tackle a, a couple headlines that I saw out there and uh, just leave it as it is. But this first headline, which goes pretty well with last week, and I don't know, I guess every one of these pretty much tie together in the fact of, because that's what money, that's what wealth is all about, right? You, there's that component to it about always looking to the future. I mean, if you want something right now, you basically go and buy a lottery ticket because other than that, you're not getting anywhere with money and wealth unless you look into the future and put together some sort of plan. And that really implies even you know next week, next month, how am I gonna get this next month? How am I gonna do this next week? But like I said, it all revolves around the future. So I suppose that's why this, uh, there seems to always kind of be that, that common underlying theme here. But this article I saw comes from CNBC and it came out from April 2nd, so not terribly old. 75% of Americans are, and I quote, winging it, winging it when it comes to their financial future. Here we go. When it comes to the manage when it comes to managing their money, most people are content on their own. That could backfire. Despite report that many workers are living paycheck to paycheck and not even half of adults would be able to cover an unexpected $1,000 expense, the majority of Americans are declining any financial help or advice. So if you're listening to this, I'm not saying you're here necessarily for advice but at least your mind is on this sort of stuff. Good for you because apparently you are in rare, rare form. To that point, 75% of Americans manage their own finances. And you wonder why, but uh, with no help from a professional or online service, according to a new CNBC and Acorns Invest in your savings survey. Only 17% say they use a financial advisor. John Holloway, 33, who co-owns a life insurance brokerage in Roswell, Georgia, says he's determined to do it alone, even while supporting the family. I like to challenge myself, he said. That's really bad logic on why you're not seeking help. Now, I, I do see here if help is being you know uh, defined as a financial advisor or some sort of money manager, I don't, that, that to me, that's not the type of help that people should be after. The type of things that people should be after is how do I do it? How do I deal with it? Because money management, wealth creation, it's not fast, but it's also not difficult. And if you can save yourself those fees in the long haul, those fees add up quite a bit. So I'm not, you know, I, I don't have anything against John's point in terms of, I like the challenge, but that's kind of bad because if you're taking on this challenge with no plan or you're taking on this challenge with a, a plan and a whole bunch of holes in it, well then, yeah, that's you're not being too wise about it. To carry on with that, immediately he's made some mistakes, like neglecting to save early on, he said. 
what did we talk about last week when we when we went into the future? What was that one regret that a whole bunch of people had? I wish I would have started sooner. And this is coming from a 33-year-old. Remember, John Holloway here, 33. Neglecting to save early on, he said. Now Holloway sets aside whatever he can and sticks with a 70-30 split of stocks to bonds in his investments. As most of his as of his most recent tally, he has about $250,000 stashed away including home equity. So home equity, I don't I don't really I mean yeah, I get it that's an asset, but as far as practical cash, I mean if you want that asset, you can either pull out some sort of loan or something or you just sell your house. So that's not a very but still, you know, it sounds like John's not a total goofball. So and in that front, it sounds like John has had a plan for himself and he's going about it. Uh, he, he's obviously a co- he's a co-owner of a business, which is good. But my point is not necessarily against John per se, but against the mentality of, well, I'm, I'm not seeking any help at all, including from you, Clay, because I, I like the challenge. I'm going to figure this stuff all out on my, on my own. And that's fine. I'm not saying you can't figure it out. I'm just saying... Sometimes it, it, it's worth it to maybe pay somebody a small fee or to make an investment into yourself to save yourself a whole lot of headaches. Very easy put. If I told you, you know, if you spend $100 and by spending that $100, it's going to save you from losing $500, would it be worth it for you to spend that $100? I am assuming you understand math as you're saying, well, yes, if, if me spending $100 can cause me to act and behave in a way that will save me $500, then yes, of course. And a lot of people, they, they just, they don't even want to spend the $100 because, well, I like the challenge for myself. And then all of a sudden they find out that the challenge has them in a big old hole and they're trying to dig out of it and it just becomes a whole lot more difficult. Uh, let's see, so picking up here. For most people, lacking the know-how to handle your own finances comes at a high cost, according to the National Financial Educators Council. Americans said money mistakes cost them $1,230 on average last year alone. I mean, and I, I was I didn't read ahead. I forgot about that part, but that just proves the point, right? If, if you could, sp- so clearly that's a sales plug. Yeah, it is a sales plug because I f- fully believe in it. But my course, the, mo- the, the slab money method, it costs $129. So if I told you, look, buy the course, buy my program, all laid out for you step by step by step. The exact stuff that I've used to pay off $160,000 in debt. The exact stuff that I'm using to grow my wealth over time. All that stuff, I hide nothing. And oh yeah, it comes with a one year money back guarantee. If you do my method, if you do what I teach, you will get rid of debt and you will begin to build wealth, I guarantee it. And again, it costs $130. So to hear, see this, that Americans said money mistakes cost them $1,230. If you could spend $130 to save $1,230, would you do it? Would it be worth it to you? I think that's, again, you understand math. However, I don't know, people just don't wanna learn how to manage their money and all that. Over time, the stakes get much higher. With debt and living expenses on the rise in much of the country, the importance of setting financial goals and sticking to them has never been greater, said Jerry O. Flanagan, the executive vice president of consumer banking at First National Bank of Omaha. However, most people are coming up short, he added. They're not spending enough time on it. A report by the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies found that four in 10 workers 
who provided an estimate of a retirement savings said that they guessed, and guessed is in quote, the amount they needed. A finding that was basically unchanged from a decade earlier. Going back to the whole thing about a plan. I like the challenge. I'm a, well, if, if the challenge and part of your plan is guessing, that's not good. That's not what you wanna do. That's not how you should be going about all of this. That, that's terrible. I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna throw out a, a ballpark estimate. I'm gonna guess. You're, you're, you're playing with fire, and as I talked about last week, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back to that for just more context on these very points. The survey conducted for CNBC by SurveyMonkey in March pulled more than 2,300 adults about various aspects of financial wellness. Another report by the Stanford Center on Longevity found that even under the most optimistic assumptions, most workers are not currently meeting their retirement savings goals. And again, keep in mind the, uh, the, the, the situations of that. Under the not kind of optimistic, not somewhat optimistic, not erring on the side of caution, no, the most optimistic assumptions, and they're still not meeting their goals. The Stanford Center advises saving 10% to 17% of your income if you plan to retire at age 65. About what double what most people are actually stocking away. So what people that have a whole bunch of data are saying, most people are just not doing it. To get a more accurate picture of your retirement number, financial advisors, uh, even cap, can play an important role. Let me say, start that up. To get a more accurate picture of your retirement number, financial advisors, even apps, can play an important role as well as addressing any specific financial concerns you may have, such as a job change, move, illness, change in marital status, buying or selling home, or paying for a child's education. Not surprisingly, those making more than $150,000 a year were more likely to consult with a financial pro or even use a money management app, the CNBC survey found. Those making less than 50000 annually were the most likely to admit to not managing their financial futures at all. So is your lack of, um, I don't want to say success, but if it, is your lack of vision for the future, is your... Well, I need as much help as possible. I need to depend on many, as many people as possible. Is that really the case? Or is that just because you're not even paying attention? You're not, you know, if you will admit, you know, which a lot of these people are, they're just not managing their future at all. They're just not doing anything about it. To me, I think putting the blame on lots of these external forces when then some, when some of these people admit, well, yeah, but I'm not doing anything about my financial future. I, that doesn't... Because part of doing your financial future, here's the cool part, is if you actually focus on your financial future, you're gonna be like, you know, this job, this skill that I have right now that the marketplace only is willing to pay me a certain amount for, well, because I have a plan for my future, I now know that this amount that I'm you know, going to be paid, that's just not good enough. But because I have a plan for my future, but because I have this number in the future, well, I can figure out, well, what number do I need? Okay, cool, now I have that number. So what do I need to do to get that number? Okay, maybe I gotta go learn a new skill or maybe I gotta go apply at another job. Maybe I gotta pick up a part-time job. But you see where how when you focus on the future and get some sort of number, some sort of plan together that you can work backwards and figure out where you need to be at right now. So instead of saying they're sitting there, I'm just being held down, I need to be paid more, I need this, I need that. No, how about you focus on just getting yourself a number first and then you can go and make the appropriate actions. 
Like I said, if you wanna go from $15, let's just say, to $30 an hour, then just go figure out, okay, who is being paid $50 or $30 an hour? And okay, well, that's gonna require some sort of, well, okay, I'll have to go and learn that skill. All right, I'll have to do this, that, and but if I do this and that, and if I you know apply myself, then I'm gonna be able to get up to $30 an hour, $35 an hour, because $35 an hour is gonna get me that longer term number. And you have that longer term number because you have a plan. You've gotta look into your financial future. If you don't have any idea, then you know the here and now, that's your own fault for, you know, I feel like my wheels are stuck in the mud. Well, where do you wanna go? Well, I don't know. Well then, of course you're gonna stay stuck in the mud if you don't know where you wanna go. You gotta put some together some plans. You gotta put together some goals. And you know, it's no coincidence that the higher you get in in value, the more plans that people have. Value meaning the higher you know people make. As the article states, not surprisingly, those making more than 150,000 a year were more likely to consult with a financial pro or use a money management app. Meaning they're not necessarily going and sitting down and hiring some sort of consultant, but they are using what kind of app? Some sort of gaming app, some sort of, no, a money management app. Or in other words, hey, I have a plan for my finances app. Get one of those. They can go very well. Once more, I would love to teach you. I would love for you to go through my course, but even if you don't, you might wanna get some sort of plan. You might wanna get something that's going to get the ball rolling. It's not a coincidence that people that are making over $150,000 a year are also using money management apps. Well, that's because they have more money. How do you think they got that money? Well, they uh, they inherited it. Okay, a, a small portion probably inherited it. But the vast majority, they got to that point because they had a plan. I, I, the, 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 the data point I would be curious of is if they would have structured the question, of those making $150,000 or more, how many of those were using the app before they got to $150,000 a year? I bet, I won't say it's 100%, but you know what? I bet it's pretty, pretty high that the people that were able to get up to $150,000, it's not like they all of a sudden got $150,000 or like, hey, I should probably use an app. I should probably put a plan in a place for my finances and put a plan in a place for my future. I, I, I'm thinking that the reason they got to $150,000 a year is because they had a plan a long time ago. Like I said, I, I don't have any data. That's just a, a theory on my part. I think it's pretty logical, but I think it's pretty rational. I don't think that there's really anything crazy about it, but you just don't accidentally start making $150,000 a year. You don't just start randomly making $100,000 a year. There's some sort of plan in place for you to get there with your career. You don't all of a sudden just accidentally have a half a million dollars sitting in your retirement. You don't, oh wow, that was random. I'm a millionaire. Wow, I actually have a million dollars in my retirement account. Or I have $750,000 in my retirement account I full blow, you know, I I flat out own my house, 100% equity. That's 250,000. You know, I own all my cars because I don't have any car payments. Oh wow, I guess I'm technically a millionaire. Well, that was kind of random. Geez, that plan to get debt free and that plan to uh, invest and that plan to just methodically save and wow, that was all random. Of course, it's not random. 
You had a plan. So that was, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm curious why they determined 150,000 as uh, within the survey. Now I realize you, you have to pick a number at some point. So they just picked 150 and that's fine. But again, I think, well, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think if that all of a sudden, if they change that n- n- number to 125,000 a year, there'd be a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, no, we don't use any money management apps. No, we, we don't. we don't keep track. We don't really have anything. Keep in mind the comparison. The comparison is this, and I quote again, those making less than $50,000 annually were the most likely to admit to not managing their financial futures at all, at all. That's not good. Most likely and then at all. Bad, bad combination and certainly what you want to avoid. For those of you that listen routinely, a lot of this may kind of be uh, stuff you've heard before, but I mean, it's... If the same sort of stuff continues to float itself into the headlines and appear in the headlines and appear in its headlines, yeah, it's it's a problem, right? And but there's lots to be learned from this. And I am well aware that if kind of the moral of the story is, hey, have a plan, hurrah, yip yip, hooray. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it, but the data just keeps coming out more and more and more. I wish I would have started sooner, and then all of a sudden. Well, I don't have anything. Well, yet yet those people are the ones that also admit to having no plan at all. Yet the people that do have stuff admitted to having a plan. Again, that's not like a fact of, well, it's definitely because they had a plan, but I think it's at least rational. So that is my thoughts. And uh, good, we still went uh, not quite as long as normal, but let me know your thoughts on this. Am I, am I way out in left field? Do you disagree? Do you think I'm barking up the wrong tree? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but uh, if you don't really have a number, if you don't have some sort of bigger vision for you know your future and your finances, and go out there and get it. It's amazing how once you have that number, you can begin to work backwards and you can work backwards far enough to all of a sudden, you literally know where you are at this present time. Okay, these are the changes I need to start to make. That is the path that I need to take. Who knows, maybe you're already on the right path, but at least you know you're on the right path now. So just think about that. Get that far off number, begin to work backwards, and you'll be amazed at just how much things open up. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. 
So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.